The old world is dying. The new world struggles to be born. Now is the time of monsters. Uh, with those words roughly paraphrased from Gramsci, I welcome you to the Time of Monsters <laughs> newsletter hosted by The Nation and available wherever you can uh, listen to podcasts. Um, this week, I want to take up the um, something that's really dominating headlines in the United States, uh, eclipsing even the death of Queen Elizabeth uh, II, uh, <laughs> which is this political stunt uh, pulled by the governor of uh, Florida and the governor of Texas um, to send um, uh, migrants uh, we're uh, claiming uh, asylum uh, to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, and to talk about this, I'm very happy to have my colleague, uh, uh, Chris Lehman, uh, who is now the uh, Washington Bureau Chief of the Nation. It's a position he has just uh, recently taken on. Um, he joins a very distinguished list of uh, predecessors uh, in this post, uh, including like the great I.F. Stone, um, Christopher Hitchens, who, as we've discussed on the podcast before, um, a, a writer I both admire and, uh, you know, has a, have a bit of a thorny uh, relationship with, but uh, certainly a, a major figure in American letters. And Chris Hayes, who is can be seen every day uh, on uh, uh, cable news. So, uh, so Chris is uh, joining the uh, this illustrious pantheon. Um, and I, I would uh, like to tell listeners uh, and readers of the nation that um, it's both true that uh, the list um, adds to his sheen, but in many ways he adds to uh, their sheen as well. Uh, so Chris is a very distinguished writer in his own right. So Chris, welcome. Thank you so much, Jeet. And condolences, by the way, on the loss of your monarch. I know you must be posting through tears all day today. So yes, 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 yes. yes. That's uh, uh, we. I am now a subject uh, of King um, Charles yeah. uh, the Third. I, if I uh, were to become a lawyer in Canada, I would have to take a, a oath of uh, loyalty to Charles the Third and his all his heirs. Uh, uh, it's a very uh, uh, we've talked about this in on last week's podcast. So I won't yeah. say anything more on that, except maybe just you know to follow up on that. Um, it seems like the whole uh, funeral is getting more and more absurd, uh, and um, where like the the um, uh, speaker of the House of Commons in England. Uh, said uh, just a few days ago that this was the most important event ever. Uh, and I have to say, well, you know, like <laughs> the queen was like, you know, head of the Church of England. So I would assume that she herself would believe that the, you know, birth and uh, uh, resurrection yeah. of Jesus Christ might be like, you know, first and second, and maybe her death is third. Normal conquest, you know, there, yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot there, yeah. Uh, and, uh, um, so yeah, it, it does uh, continue in its uh, um, absurdity, and people got a little bit mad at me, but uh, uh, for this this morning. But I, I was reminded that I tweeted out how I was reminded of the the movie The Death of Stalin. Not to say that Elizabeth II was a Stalin, but uh, there was um, when uh, the uh, Soviet dictator died, millions in this country were stricken with grief, and there were these long. Uh, enormous long lines to see him. And uh, it's a very striking thing to, to, to see this and perhaps speaks to, um, I don't know, issues of mass psychology that uh, uh, are beyond my ken. Yes, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, uh, but, but it's not just uh, monarchies though that uh, have absurd political theater. Um, I think that- Good segue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, I think uh, what's going on um, in, um, uh, Florida and Texas and Martha's Vineyard uh, also. Uh, you just wrote a column saying that uh, you thought um, DeSantis was kind of making a political uh, mistake. Uh, do you want to like lay out why you think that? 
Sure. I mean, the big caveat is um, you can make all kinds of political mistakes and still succeed wildly in today's Republican Party. So I'm not by any means saying that uh, DeSantis is a damaged brand in the party of Donald Trump. Um, but I do think a couple of things. One is, you know, there is the kind of anxiety of influence factor. He's trying so aggressively to mimic the policies, the rhetoric, um, you know, everything about um, Trump down to the letter. And this immigration stunt originally uh, stems from a proposed policy that Stephen Miller floated in the Trump White House to flood um, sanctuary cities, you know, cities that host undocumented immigrants with immigrants to overtax their infrastructure and exact sort of petty political revenge. And um, Greg Abbott and the governor of Texas started doing this here in DC where I live, sending Greyhound buses of um, immigrants <clears throat> to Washington. And DeSantis in his sort of ultra ambitious you know, and, and in my mind, cringy way, um, touted before he did any of this, um, there was a conclave of, of big ticket Republican donors. And he pretended to sort of think out loud, like, wouldn't it be sort of really cool if we could troll the liberals by sending a bunch of immigrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard? And then a few days later, that's exactly what happened. Upwards of 50 um, immigrants were flown by private plane at great expense uh, to the taxpayers of Florida um, to Martha's Vineyard. And, and the whole script was, and this is the other way in which it failed, I think, uh, you know, DeSantis imagined that all of these comfortable liberals um, in, in Martha's Vineyard, which is a traditional playground of Democratic donors, would be, you know, overwhelmed and panicked and, and you know, cracked down and, and, you know, act, you know, basically like Republicans do around undocumented immigrants. And instead they were welcomed with open arms. Um, so there's that level of failure. There's also the failure of, uh, you know, targeting Venezuelan immigrants, uh, which DeSantis has subsequently said, well, these are the immigrants most likely to wind up in Florida. Um, but one of the reasons they might wind up in Florida is they um, veer very um, solidly to the right. Um, they're um, refugees. And by the way, these are asylum seekers. Um, they're Sorry, they're not refugees, but they're seeking asylum from the Maduro government, which leans left in Venezuela. Um, so one of, you know, I interviewed an immigration attorney for this piece who said, you know, if, if these people were white and spoke English, like DeSantis would be courting their vote. <laughs> so, and there yeah. is a big Venezuelan uh, community in Florida that is not happy about this for reasons I presume I don't have to belabor. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I do also, you know, there's a legal dimension to this. Ellie Mistel, our legal columnist at The Nation, wrote about this last week that, you know, um, DeSantis has lured these people under false pretenses, saying there will be jobs and resources um, waiting should they board the plane to, to Martha's Vineyard and hand out brochures outlining what actually turn out to be benefits um, designated for refugees, which do not apply to people seeking asylum. So that's, you know, Elliot suggests it could be kidnapping. Matt Cameron, the Boston attorney I spoke to, said it could be uh, trafficking. And the irony there is that if it if it proves out in court that it's trafficking, um, 
these asylum seekers would automatically get UNT visas because uh, if you're a victim of, of trafficking, you know, that kind of, you know, streamlines the whole process. <laughs> so it's, you know, one weird thing, you know, I don't like to imagine things playing out this way necessarily, but you can imagine some further right candidate saying, oh, Rick DeSantis, you made these people citizens. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's some reporting that like Trump is very annoyed exactly as along the lines you suggested that this is a copycat. Right. And, and uh, but I mean, if the trafficking thing becomes a, a legal issue, then it would be, I think, e- easy for Trump to say, you know, like, well, I, I like Republican governors that aren't traffickers. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> that don't, uh, that don't uh, lead asylum seekers to get citizenship. Right, um, right. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think those are like all uh, uh, very cogent points. Um, and they, they speak to the sort of uh, bizarreness of this uh, whole aspect. I, I mean, the, the, the politics of immigration are also like, I feel... Um, uh, a little bit um, w- work in ways that might hurt DeSantis, just in the sense that there's a very strong nativist stream that is in the Republican Party, but I'm not so sure that like um, Democrats and independents are uh, share that. Uh, they might have concerns about immigration. They might even want less immigration, but like it does seem like the sort of... Uh, um, the stance of like you know like jailing and caging immigrants as uh, Trump did um, uh, led sure. to like real unpopularity in uh, his administration, and it has the, also the effect of mobilizing opposition. Like I think I think that this is an issue that sort of speaks to people's sense of what the country is and could right. like you know like um, I mean I think one already sees it in the sort of Martha's Vineyard how people mobilize to um, uh, help uh, these asylum seekers. Uh, one can sort of see that you know this might help DeSantis gain the Republican nomination. But once he gains that, what's he going to do like running as president of the whole country? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's true of like a larger number of his issues. I mean, the way he is going after trans people. Right. Know, no, no. He, and yeah. critical race theory. Like it's all seems like he's very geared, like with a laser like focus on getting the Republican nomination of beating right. out Trump for that by being the sort of the uh, competent Trump, right? That, that, that seems right, right, right. Yeah, but I mean, um, like, I I just don't know, like, I, I, I feel like a lot of this stuff could stick to him in the general. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I mean, I like to think I've often been wrong in my long tour as an American citizen of <laughs> on this issue, but uh, to paraphrase Tennessee Williams, I just, I think deliberate cr- cruelty is something people don't like to see. I mean, I think, um, you know, this is a little different, you know, because it harks back, of course, to the same tactic Republicans used in 2018 um, during that midterm cycle uh, when things were going bad for them. All of a sudden on Fox News, there was wall-to-wall coverage of the immigrant caravan that was coming up. A lot of other immigrants from Latin America, as it turns out, um, to the southern border, Um and it didn't work. Um, and all that coverage vanished <laughs> the day after um, the, the midterms. Um, and it does seem, you know, one would hope, you know, just as critical race theory, um, which I've spent a lot of time covering as well, um, has yielded pretty equivocal returns in the Republican primary season. A lot of people you know, when are when they're presented with the issue as it really exists, which is to say, do you want your child to be 
taught about the history of slavery and racial injustice in the schools, the vast majority of people say yes. <laughs> um, and um, so those, those appeals are already showing signs of wear and tear. And I think the immigration thing without Trump, um, you know, Trump is able to square a lot of circles that I think, um, you know, Rick DeSantis, I don't think is as skilled a politician as I think this whole stunt reveals, right? I mean. Yeah, I know. I mean, it is very interesting about Trump that um, I think his sort of persona as a you know reality show host, um, which is how most people were introduced to him, like kind right. of allowed him, gave him a little bit of leeway. So yes. Yeah, people he, expect reality TV characters to lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of the job. Um, so, yeah, I don't think there is the same. Yeah, he obviously, he's held to a very different standard. Um, and I think DeSantis, in you know, sort of cravenly following, as you noted, um, the don't say gay stuff and the anti trans stuff, um, is just, um, I think, um, giving off an air of desperation, um, especially, you know. And it's a problem for the whole Republican Party at this moment. They're, you know, apart from, you know, inflation, um, there isn't a whole lot that they can run on. Um, so this culture war stuff is going to keep, you know, bulking up and looming large as, as we near um, the midterms. But I, I don't, you know, again, I don't want to sound too sanguine, which is rarely a trait that I indulge in, <laughs> but uh but it doesn't feel like it's taking hold in quite the same way. Well, yeah, I mean, it is interesting what you mentioned about inflation because um, like that almost seems to me like becoming a secondary issue. And it, this does seem like a rerun of 2018 or even uh, 2014 of like the sort of, you know, where yeah, they had the all that crazy like, scare, which they did. did like work. But I mean, like one wonders like if a lot of this stuff doesn't lose its juice over time, you know, like if you right. have a, like, you know, like, you know, Jaws 1 was very scary. Jaws 2, <laughs> Jaws 2, yeah. Yeah. By the uh, time you're in, in the four to five range of the sequel. Um, yeah. It, it, I think it is a problem. And it is also just a problem in that, you know, um, DeSantis is, the state he governs is heavily immigrant. I mean, it's heavily conservative, but, you know, I did talk to um, a couple of immigrant advocates down there who said, like, the Venezuelan community there, which has traditionally skewed, again, very reliably to the right, is really angry uh, right now about this. And again, it's not hard to see why. It's, you know, these are people like them. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. One could sort of, like, imagine... Like if it had been like, you know, Guatemalans or, you know, like. Saudi yeah, I know it was a weird and and DeSantis's explicit rationale was like, these are the people most likely to come to Florida. And it's just like, <laughs> they're already there. Like you're going to piss them off. <laughs> well, there's another aspect which you brought up in your article, which I think is worth thinking about just in terms of politics of immigration, which is that if we're currently in a period where like employers are kind of like looking for workers right. and like there's a tight labor market. Um, I, again, I have to wonder how the politics of immigration will play like uh, for that as against how it would play, you know, like, you know, uh, four right. or five- 2016, right. Where it, it was, um, yeah, a much more potent weapon for the right. Um, yeah. I do think that's right. It is, um, you know, not an issue that, um, you know, cuts as viscerally as something like higher inflation would, you know, and, yeah. it, but and I do think they're trying to, go ahead. 
Oh, but yeah, but I, that's the point I wanted to make about inflation. Like, I, I know what your sense is, and you might disagree with me, but it almost, I mean, they were really running hard on inflation for most of this year. And now it seems like that's become secondary to immigration, that they've decided to make immigration their big thing. Um, yeah, or I think they'll keep throwing stuff to the wall. I mean, yeah. they, if, if the immigration stuff doesn't work, you'll hear more trans stuff, you know, you'll hear, I, you know, I don't know. Um, but I do think it is, you know, it is part of the larger structural problem that the Republicans always face, which is their policies are unpopular. Um, they know this. <laughs> so uh, that is why, you know, this is all part of the argument my friend Tom Frank made long ago in, in uh, What's the Matter with Kansas. Um, in order to prevent people from sort of seeing clearly that, you know, continued tax cuts to the rich, despoliation of the environment, um, you know, rising inequality um, are the real, you know, dire issues of the day. They'll say, oh, you know, in 2004, they said, oh, look, gay marriage. It's, a, you know, it's going to overturn Christian civilization, which, by the way, now a majority of Republicans support. <laughs> um, and in, uh, you know, in 2016, it was immigrants and, you know, all kinds of stuff for Trump um, in you know, in 2022, they don't really know what it is. But, you know, right now, DeSantis is, is test driving this and um, is going to continue. He's said he's still got people on the ground in Texas. Um, the whole like Texas bit of it, too, is I mean, Texas is a border state, I guess. But, you know, he's if DeSantis is claiming that Florida is being overrun with immigrants, shouldn't he be rounding up immigrants there? <laughs> like, that's. Yeah, no, it is very. I mean, except that I think it's the border that's like right. The border is what uh, Florida yeah, doesn't border like right. uh, another country. It's like you know, right, right. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very. It is a very strange thing. I, I want to say, um, just hit on uh, one or two other points. One is with this whole issue uh, of like governors and how that they're uh, acting as governors of yeah. like playing to the uh, base of their own party and like running on um, uh, sort of national campaigns, but it's like, it seems like a very weird thing to me, but maybe there's precedent for it, for like a governor of like Florida to pick a fight with Massachusetts and to like, you know, use that. Um, and, and conversely, like one sees on the democratic side, like Gavin Newsom out in California, right. is putting up signs all over the place. Like if you want an abortion, come to California. Right, so right, right. Basically they're, these are governors of states, but they're running to be national figures and they're explicitly running against the policies of other states like yeah no it is i mean we're a long way from the old progressive I ideal of the states as the laboratories of democracy right yeah. they're the laboratories of venal ambition <laughs> you can say um and i do think you know it, that is is what's striking in in desantis's case he's clearly made the calculation that he can afford to piss off the immigrant community in Florida um, for the sake of his 2024 ambitions. Um, and I'm, yeah, I, I haven't uh, been following Charlie Crist's campaign that closely, but it seems natural. Crist is a former Republican. Um, it, it seems like he could credibly like target this um, pretty smartly in Florida. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just seems like usually one would think of governor as someone who's like almost more instinctively like bipartisan or like has to work. Yeah, that, I mean, that, there's always been this cult in sort of American presidential studies, which is a sort of a fake discipline. But um, 
that governors are the best candidates for president because they're executives. They have to make the, their legislatures work. You know, it's like a miniature version of what the president does. But the part of the problem is, thanks to gerrymandering, you know, so many state houses or state legislatures are just, you know, ironclad Republican majorities. So there is no incentive for Ron DeSantis to govern in a bipartisan way. There's no there's no framework for him to do it. Same with Gavin Newsom and, you know, on the Democratic side, like the California legislature is going to be, you know, Democratic for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, the, that sort of traditional or mythic poli-sci sense of governors yeah. as natural centrists is like, I, I think it's so, uh, uh, one can sort of relegate that as part of the mythos of yeah. the country. It's, it's not uh, in keeping with what one, one actually sees, you know, like on the ground. Um, yeah, no, and I always, I mean, I grew up in Iowa and we had some of the worst governors on the face of the earth. So I was always really skeptical of that claim, even in its most, you know, tricked out elaborate form. It was just obviously yeah. did not correspond with my experience. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's good to, uh, uh, it's always good to like take a jab at these kind of, you know, centrist myths. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, they abound in, in yeah. Washington where I live. <laughs> and, and actually, speaking of centrist myths, I mean, I think you gave a good account of why DeSantis' thing might not play well politically. Uh, but there is an audience which I think he DeSantis is winning with. Um, and that is the kind of center-right and centrist uh, yeah. and maybe even center-liberal kind of uh, establishment. I noticed that for people like Ross Duvat and Brett Stevens, uh, DeSantis has become the, the savior. He's the guy who's going to save us from Trump. He'll do the Trump stuff, but in a sane way. And I think Brett Stevens just recently wrote that, you know, if it's like um, Kamala Harris versus DeSantis, he'll support DeSantis. Uh, right. Or if it's Gavin Newsom versus DeSantis, he'll support DeSantis. Um, and one sees that like this sort of stuff um, plays well with the, um, that audience. It's like a way of the, the, they could think, well, he's pleasing their Republican base, but like he won't be a lunatic in office like Trump. Um, and curiously, there's like at least one Democrat who seems to have been a target audience for this. Um, <laughs> I don't know, audience is the correct term, right? Is like, what do they use in the uh, sort of carnival, the gull? The girl who is like the perfect bait for this, uh, which is uh, Liz Smith, who um, is a political uh, operator uh, with you know connections with Pete Buttigieg and the former um, governor of uh, New York State, uh, and she like kind of tweeted out a New York Post uh, front cover and saying that you know th this shows that that. Uh, uh, DeSantis's uh, trick worked. People are taking the bait, and he's getting the headlines. Uh, do you want to say something about like that? Like, like w w why is this? You know, people. These are not like you know. This is not like the Pat Buchanan hard right. They, these are people right. who like are the respectable Republicans, and also the respectable. In one case, respectable Democrat. supposedly yeah. Democrat. Like, well, why are they buying into this? Well, I do think you know centrism has always rested in my mind on a sort of logical fallacy that, you know, somehow it is always superior um, to arrive, at, you know, at the golden mean position of any given issue. And it sort of presupposes there isn't really a right or wrong, <laughs> that it all, it all becomes triangulating, it all becomes posturing, you know, for the political moment. Um, and, you know, I think for a lot of these figures, um, that, Faints, which is kind of like the Bill Clinton sister soldier moment, right? Which 
had pundits swooning back in 1992 when Clinton went out of his way at a Democratic Party uh, function to uh, go after Sister Soldier, who is this rapper who said uncomplimentary things about white people. And, uh, and that was hailed as like this, oh, you know, this is a savvy, brave, you know, this will really bring over people who were thinking Clinton's going to be too liberal, blah, blah, blah. So there's always this kind of like uh, ambient um, fetish of what, you know, and as our politics have veered so extreme to the right, you know, what is a center, you know, a so-called centrist um, faint is actually, you know, something like this, <laughs> which is not, you know, a arguably a crime, uh, certainly not, you know, in any humane understanding of, of how immigration policy should work. And yeah, I think it's repellent you know, morally for these people to sort of be acting as though this, this is just another savvy move. And that's why, you know, I kind of felt it was important to have a column saying it's not so goddamn savvy. <laughs> um, and it's also the case that, you know, I'm sorry, but to get an outrageous headline in the New York Post is just another day on the calendar. <laughs> that is what's been talking to get the New York Post to run a, a right-wing headline. Like it's just yeah, exactly. Wow, what a what a act of political genius on DeSantis's part. You know, that that's a little disturbing for someone who came of age as a New York-based political consultant. <laughs> I'll just say, but um, anyway, yeah, it is. This, this whole kind of, you know, this cult of, you know, kind of, you know, smiting what's perceived as the progressive base or whatever is really just a, um, a kind of, um, a, you know, kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an atavistic religious belief. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't correspond to our political, our politics have radically shifted on both left and right since 2016. And this whole notion that, you know, um, candidates, you know, for, for national office of either persuasion are gonna, you know, kind of bring over a mythic center, um, a mythic independent voter. It's an age of negative partisan, partisanship, which Rachel Bikover, who wrote for me at the New Republic doc documents very persuasively that sort of tranche of, you know, voters who might be whatever, fiscally conservative, but socially liberal, increasingly are not a factor um, in, in election cycles, but pundits need them. They're like a security blanket. You know, they kind of tell pundits that they matter because pundits can actually, you know, navigate around this narrative because it's so familiar to them. Um, yeah, no, I think that's right. And I think it also speaks to maybe the shallowness of a particular type of anti-Trumpism, that it really was just a personal objection. To oh, yeah. Man. I mean, you like, know, yeah. Brett Stevens was never going to vote for Kamala Harris anyway. You know, I don't <laughs> think. I mean, yeah. and Ross Duthay, I, you know, no, I, and I don't think, you know, that that's all, it has to really hurt to be a never Trumper because nobody wants them, really. <laughs> Um, the Republican Party certainly does not, as you can see by looking at Liz Cheney's approval ratings. Um, and, you know, they they have, uh, for reasons of this kind of um, atavistic historical consciousness, they continue to hold outsized platforms in the media world, you know, 
That's the only reason we're talking about Brett Stevens and Ross Duthay is because they write for the New York Times. I mean, that's right. That's right. Well, I, I mean, they are the type of conservatives that uh, people in the liberal media want to create. They, that's they, what they and that's what they think they want. And then, you know, J.D. Vance is the proof text here. Right? Yeah. I can't tell you like scores of, you know, very well-intentioned liberal friends recommended his horrible book to me after the 2016 election. And uh, and I said, what are you talking about? Like, this guy is just an obvious revanchist right winger. <laughs> and uh, and lo and behold, you know, I mean, he in some ways, he, like DeSantis, is posturing in, in a Trumpian mode because he knows that's what the base wants. But he he has to believe this shit at some level. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, it was the elements of it were always already there. Yeah, and but but so, there's, yeah, there's a right, desire there. to have. I mean, I, th I think a lot of the centrist um, ethos requires that there be uh, a reasonable Republican, you know, right? Yes, yeah, moderate Republicans and moderate Democrats, and they could just right. come together. And so, if they don't exist, you have to create them. You and create like them. Have right. to, uh, uh, and if they do something horrible, as I think, you know, this. Um, yeah, band uh, and... of, like really like you know the gross mistreatment of human beings. I mean, we're talking about yeah. people here who are lied to and like you know yeah. like treated like objects. Um, but it has to be treated as a savvy, clever move to to, to yeah to, yeah yeah. It, yeah it, it's testament to both the debasement of the Republican Party and also the debasement of our political discourse. You know, again, you have to be able to say in you know whatever your whatever prestigious newspaper you write for, like. Um, you know, dehumanizing people is wrong. <laughs> it is yeah. simply, you know, it's one of those things you don't get to triangulate, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, no. And I, I, I think it is, I mean, that's what, um, one reason I want to spend, I have spent this uh, uh, episode talking about this because it's such a clarifying thing and it does clarify. Um, I mean, to go back to Brett Stevens, like he basically wrote that, um, you know, the whole problem is just Trump. You get Trump out of the way and everything's okay. And it's like, that is what, what Brett's, uh, that is what um, Ron DeSantis is offering. The kind of right, like, right. let's right. have- Trumpism without Trump, right. Yeah, Trumpism without Trump, that gross personality that, you know, and I will admit, like, I understand Trump is gross. Like you mm -hmm. <laughs> physically ill to think about this guy, but that surely cannot be the only objection to him that there, there's actually like- no, I mean, it overlooks the entirety of the post-war history of the Republican party and the conservative movement. You know, this is yeah. not anything new. Um, you know, in fact, um, one thing that I was going to include in the piece that I wound up cutting for space is um, right-wingers in during the um, Freedom Rides took a bunch of, um, they had a reverse Freedom Ride where they bust a lot of um, African-Americans from the South to Cape Cod. It was exactly the same reason um, just 50 years ago. Um, yeah, and so, yeah like to, to say like Trump is the outlier and, you know, he's this freakish erratic event that once once he's out of the picture, well, everything will be fine. Both, you know, completely misreads history and it completely misreads, you know, human nature as it applies to right wing leadership. You know, they're not going to stop until it's demonstrated that it won't work. 
That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a good place to kind of uh, end the discussion because uh, uh, I, I think that's the most sort of generalized and comprehensive statement <laughs> about what's wrong here. So uh, again, uh, Chris, I want to uh, thank you for uh, for joining us and uh, again, welcome you to the nation and uh, hope uh, we uh, this will be the first of uh, many conversations. I, I hope so as well. Thank you so much for having me.